Welcome, everyone. It's On the Line. I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekbené and Ashley Titians. It's Tuesday, September 20th, and we're here with a full show with you today. Uh, we have a guest from Ventura, California, who recently won the girls' sweepstakes race at Woodbridge. From there, we'll also dish on the weekend, debate about some movers and shakers in the national rankings, and dive into this weekend's hit list of top events and teams to watch. It's going to be a fun show, but I will toss it to Olivia, who's going to get us started. How are you feeling physically and mentally kind of going into your sophomore cross-country season? Yeah, I definitely had a longer break after that season. Um, I'm pretty sure it was around like 40 races, but obviously most of them were not uh, my all-out. It was just for like league meets and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I was... After Nike Nationals, I was pretty drained, um, both mentally and physically. And um, my plan was to take five days off after that, just completely nothing, and then start going back into, like, shakeouts and everything like that. Um, But I ended up taking more than I said. Um, And I think that was needed for sure. Uh, Yeah, and then my team kind of helped me get back into – sort of having fun while I'm racing or running. Um, Yeah, so, like, going to Mammoth, that really helped me. And, yeah, and then I just kind of got back into the groove of things, and I'm feeling pretty good about where I'm at right now. That's good that you're able to kind of take some time off and just slowly reintroduce yourself back into running and training again. So let's talk about this weekend, 1542.60. First of all, how are you feeling about that time? And what does this performance tell you about where you are right now when it comes to your training and what we could potentially see coming down the road in this season? Yeah, obviously you don't really know what you're going to run when um, you kind of just got off that summer training, uh, don't really know where you're at. Um, And along with that comes your nerves and like, am I, am I good enough to be here right now? Blah, blah, blah. Like, just thoughts like that. Um, and honestly, with that time, I'm feeling pretty confident, but I I was hoping to go a little faster, but maybe um, down the line I can improve that a little bit. I'm feeling confident with where my um, coach has me with my training. Sadie, you talked about recharging after a long spring season and you know really getting back maybe the love again, going to Mammoth. Uh, can you talk about that offseason, especially Mammoth, where I'm assuming you were with maybe the Newberry Park crew kind of training and, and just having fun again? What was that like? Yeah, it was super awesome. Um, yeah, I think with the team, uh, we got a couple new freshmen in that really enjoy running. And so just getting closer with them and showing what Ventura is all about Um Yeah, and I think it was an awesome bonding experience. I think we all got closer um, and got some solid workouts in as well up there. Did you jump off any cliffs? Any any water? We did. (laughs) We did. It was safe, though, guys. It was safe. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'm curious. uh, You have a long season ahead of you. What are the big bulletin board races for you in 2022 XC? Yeah, so I would. Uh, I think I'm doing Desert Twilight next. That's the next one, and then I'm going to Clovis, um, and then after that, just CIF State, and then 
uh, one of the nationals. I think I'm leaning towards East Bay at the moment, but yeah. Okay, that's very fair. It technically it's called Champ Sports now, Sadie. It's Champ Sports. Oh, yeah. really? National My bad. <laughs> it changes uh, it changes yeah, and uh, you know, I'm curious now too. Um, what's kind of kept you grounded in within yourself? You've had a lot of success. Obviously, you have a lot of exposure. Uh, you know, from the media ranks. What keeps you grounded? What keeps you kind of humble from the day to day? Yeah, I mean, I have goals for myself, and um, yeah, like everyone talking all that online. I kind of just try to keep that um, out of my mind and just set myself to my own expectations and. Yeah, that works for me. So, Sadie, like we said, you were kind of that freshman phenom last year that really burst onto the scene. But you could really do it all from, you know, the 5K and the 3 mile and cross country all the way down to the 800. And I'd like to ask our guests a lot on here. What do you prefer, track or cross country? And I want to know your opinion on this. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so with track... It is so fun. Like, you get to see, obviously, like, the accurate splits. Everyone runs the same um, distance. It's not like, oh, someone runs fast on this course. Like, you have to kind of compare that uh, with the terrain of another course. Um, so I think, as of right now, probably track. Um, but I love both. I love both. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. You like both, at least. That's good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, even though you're just a high school sophomore, you've been in this sport, you know, for so long. I mean, when you were, you know, you compete on the youth circuit, AAU, USATF. So you've been at this for a really long time. What has kept you, you know, motivated and, you know, really loving this sport, you know, since you were a young kid? Yeah, like I said before, like, my goals that I set for myself are pretty high. Um, and so every year for, I mean, for every season, I just set a new one and then really grind towards that. And I think that's helped a lot. And I, I'm very competitive. Um, yeah, I played soccer for like, oh, I want to say like 10 years. And then, um, that kind of mindset just played over to running. So yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just am very competitive and that's kind of kept me going. This is the beginning of your sophomore season. As Ashley mentioned, you were a freshman phenom. You broke many class records, rewrote the record books with all-time marks all last year and, and even at the youth level as well. Now that you're getting a little bit older, do you feel like there's a sense of pressure or that there's a target on your back every time that you step onto the line, whether it's on the cross-country course or whether it's on the track? Honestly, kind of, but that I kind of like that. I kind of um, like people knowing that I'm there and I'm uh, going for the win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of like that pressure, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you just embrace it. I love that. Yeah. So I have to know, kind of a fun question here. What is something fun that most people don't know when it comes to Sadie Englehart? Maybe something that, like, you do that we just don't know about. What is something funny or something fun that you like to do, or just a fun fact about Sadie? Oh, I'm not very interesting, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like to go to the beach. Um, yeah, I mean, like, here in Ventura, like, you can pretty much do anything. They have the mountains, they have the beach. So, like, um, I'm very, I, I like to go with my friends. Um, 
and just explore new places and go up to the mountains. Maybe um, there are a couple of water holes like up near Ojai, which is north of Ventura. Um, and so we go there and then we go to the beach. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> and then I run. <laughs> That's have you it. have you ever spotted any bears or big cats? So yeah, um, there's a canyon where I run. It's really hilly, and I was I was running in there once, and all these bikers were passing by me, like coming back down from the canyon, and they were like, "Oh, watch out! Like there's a there's a bear," and I'm like, "What? Like there's not bears in California? I mean, I mean Ventura." Um, so I was like really confused. And then like the whole time I was like looking at bushes and thinking it was bears and it was crazy. But yeah. And then we see like mountain and <clears throat> bobcats all the time. So. Yeah. Bob, bobcats are tiny. <laughs> so, though, right? yeah. they're, they're like tiny cats, right? In the mountains. Yeah. The bobcats. Uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Enough to be scary. I got you. Um, see, I wanted to go back to pressure question can you what characteristics do you feel describe you as a runner how would you characterize yourself i'd say definitely ambitious um dedicated um let's see i i i know what i want most of the time and then um yeah i just really go for it do you feel like that feeling in you where you you are ambitious and you know what you want where do you think that developed from at an early age do you feel like it came from any sense of your upbringing at all yeah i mean um like i said before soccer and then my dad <laughs> my dad's super competitive as well he always wanted me to do my best in soccer so um he was always <laughs> kind of giving me those pep talks and um, telling me what I can do better and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I think that really developed that mindset that I have. Just my dad, mainly. Fair. That's fair. Do you surf yeah. at all? Do you surf? I do not. I'm not surfing. All right. No surfing. Okay. And then my <laughs> no. other question. Are fish tacos overrated? I'm assuming they're, they're, you might get some fish tacos in Ventura. Are they overrated or not? So if you come here they're delicious like we have a pier um we have a pier and then like there's um restaurants on the pier and there's really good fish tacos i get like calamari fish tacos which are really really good um yeah so if you come here they're not overrated okay all right yeah that, that sounds delicious i'm kind of hungry over here now i want some fish tacos but <laughs> Um, you know, Sadie, you've already mentioned, you know, you're a very competitive person on the track. You're very determined. How would you describe yourself off the track? Like you say, are you talking about cross country? You're just talking cross about country, country. track, cross country, any of that. So outside of running, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I like to say, well, I like to make people laugh. I like to laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in school, I'm pretty, I'm a good student. Um, yeah, and then I, I love to hang out with my friends, and yeah. All right, one more fun question. 
I know my colleagues aren't on this social media platform, but I am on TikTok, and I happen to see that you have a significant following on TikTok. And so, <laughs> would you say that you know you're up with the social media trends? Like, do you like that whole aspect of social media? Tell me about that. Um, I don't know. It like that account was just supposed to be like me and my friends, and then everyone started following it. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm up with the trends. I just kind of do whatever, post whatever. But yeah, I think it's kind of fun how I have that many. It's definitely unexpected. I didn't know people were going to be that. But yeah. I love that. Love it. I think we're debating whether Miles Split should have a TikTok or not. Although there is a Miles Split. There is a Miles Split TikTok, but it's owned by some kid, I think. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> See, yeah, I think, I think so. Cool. See, yeah. we have Sadie on board. We need a TikTok. For sure. You need a TikTok. You just do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ashley, right. you should start it. I'm thinking about oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> do, you say, do you say me start it? No. No, Ashley. Oh, no. I, Ashley oh, it. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll hand it off to you one day. How about that? Mm -hmm. For a day. Takeover. All right. Uh, okay. Any, anything good. else, ladies? <laughs> Olivia, Ashley, you have anything else? I'm excited to see no. what you do this season, Sadie, and just congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, fantastic job. Uh, all, thank you so much for being on the show uh, today, and best of luck in the future. Thanks, Sadie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, that was Sadie Engelhart, the winner of the Woodbridge Classic, one of the premier athletes in cross country this season, and and clearly, you know, a, a, a high level runner. We're, we're excited to see what she does. All right, let's move on to the next segment. As we get to every week, what did we see from this past weekend? We had Woodbridge, the Southern Showcase, and the Michigan State Spartan Invitational, three huge events. We're going to break them all down individually. Olivia, I want to start with you because uh, you're getting into probably the biggest on the calendar this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, Corey. So I want to dive into a little bit more of the Woodbridge Cross Country Invitational. We just heard from Sadie Englehart. There are more than 400 boys and girls teams and over 12,000 athletes at this cross country course. Can you guys believe that? I can just imagine the energy and the excitement that went behind the scenes that maybe we just don't capture. But other than that, I want to talk about the girls and then I'll kind of shift to the boys side. Just looking at the team perspective, Buchanan was a part of this and they were you're defending Division One state cross country championships and they grabbed the victory here with 91 points to win the sweep state title. They had five runners that were in the top 41 and Cindy Sundgren finished 10th overall with a 16-14 and they were able to, there was a lot of competition just looking across the board. Across the teams, there was South Lake Carroll, Cuthbertson, Flower Mount, Arapahoe, Mountain View. They were bringing their A team to this, this meet, and Boo Cannon was able to go ahead and grab the victory here. So that was a huge thing, just looking at the mile split 50 rankings and what's to come. Like, I think Boo Cannon, I think Corey and I and Ashley will also kind of talk a little bit more about this later, but Boo Cannon looks really strong right now at this point in the season. As I mentioned before, Sadie Englehart we had on the show, but I just want to highlight her one more time here. She won the title with the meet record and a personal best for three miles with a 15.42. And mind you, this is on a flat and fast course. This is not the same course as last year. This year it's at the Great Park course, so it's a little bit different um, than the one that we saw last year. Coming in second for her to her was Peyton Godsey of Oak Ridge. 
Oh, Christian. Uh, she finished with a time of 15.51, and then a lot of great competition from Bryn Garcia, who was third with a 16.09. So the girls' championship looked really great there. Now, moving on to the boys' side, I know we're going to talk about Harry Mann in a little bit, um, but they scored 117 points. Crater was second with 139, and Carroll was third. But Tyrone Gorzy came over with the win over Tayson Echohawk, who we had on the show earlier, and Liam Henninger. 1342, 1349, 1355. So it was a foot race to the finish here. Now, something to mention here, Newberry Park had one of their athletes, Aaron Salmon, who we've been keeping our eyes out for. He finished seventh there with a 1401. But here we have Tyrone Gorzy up on the screen. Great running there at Woodbridge Cross Country Invitational. It was a good one to watch. I, I want to stick with Buchanan real quick uh, because yeah. the girls, to me, I think kind of look like maybe the best team on paper right now. Um, Niwot, Niwot's already competed a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Saratoga Springs competed. And you can't really compare what Saratoga Springs did to this because it's different style of running. It's different kind of running. But I, I, can't, I came away impressed from Buchanan. Is there any sense from you, Ashley, too, that you think Buchanan sort of did – enough olivia do you agree did they do enough to sort of make that conversation as we go forward toward the national rankings you know the the update this week i would definitely agree i mean i think olivia mentioned it already but i mean at woodbridge they were going up against already a bunch of the top teams in those rankings you got south lake carroll cuthbertson flower mound arapahoe mountain view so if you're able to go out there under the lights on this big stage and come away with that win that's pretty impressive yeah yeah, I have to agree with Ashley. I think that really speaks volumes right now, Corey and Ashley, on just where this team is. And I know we already had them up there in the rankings, but I think they really just solidified a lot of things from this past weekend that, hey, they're a big team out there and they're ready to compete. Yeah, part, part of me feels like Sydney Sundgren ran a little strategically in this race to make sure that you yes. know she was with her teammates. She didn't lose them. They didn't come out of focus. And I think ultimately that helped with the overall performance there. We're going to get to Harriman later just after after this segment, but let's move to Ashley and MSU. So the MSU Spartan invite, I feel like when you look at the results from this weekend, this ended up being probably one of the most eye-catching meets of the weekend just because there were a lot of upsets and a lot of really fast times that went down here. The top storyline has to be that the Hilliard-Davidson girls out of Ohio – they travel out of state to the to the meet, and they beat out some of the top teams on our Miles with 50 rankings. They beat out Holland West Ottawa, um, and then they also beat out Ann Arbor Pioneer as well, both ranked on our Miles with 50 list. They come away with that kind of surprising win there. Um, you know, Holland West Ottawa, they still had Helen Sachs, Arian Olson. They finished 1-2 in the girls' individual race, and so I feel like that I know we'll get to that a little bit later too. The Hilliard Davidson girls there, I think that was a team result that was rather you know it, kind of shocking in a way, but it was really impressive there. Then on the boys' side, we had another guy that I feel like I've mentioned a whole bunch before on the show, Connor Ackley. He's just been so impressive. He's for the Hilliard Davidson boys. He comes away with the win there at. The meet, he ran 1456.96, which is a new PR there for him. And if you look at the speed ratings from this race, too, guys, they're just like, they're some of the fastest ones we've seen all season. Connor Ackley's winning time was a 196 speed rating. Seth Norder of Grand Haven, who finished second in 1458, 195. Connell Alford of Chelsea, 1506, that's a 
193 speed rating. And then Helen Sachs, who I mentioned earlier, beats out her teammate Arian Olsen for the win, 1715 for a 151 speed rating. So, I mean, that was just like, whoa, like what happened yeah. at this meet? So I think that was something, you know, really impressive. And I, I don't really think the speed ratings do Hillary Davidson's girls justice. No. Um, a win is a win, though, right? And I, you look at speed mm -hmm. ratings, sometimes you get caught up in the numbers. Sometimes that win just means a little bit more. And and they're undefeated on the season, too. So yep. I, I, I really think maybe, maybe this is a team in Ohio to, to certainly watch going forward. All right. Shifting over to the Southern Showcase at John Hunt Park in Huntsville, fastest course in America, as we saw last year. Uh, 3,300 athletes overall, 160 teams. That's up 400 athletes from last year and 40 teams from 2021. So people saw what happened a year ago, and they're like, we need to get on this course at least once. Um, so you have Bell and Jesuit boys. You had Jesuit boys. Uh, and you had a host of, of, of guys really just trying to put themselves down there. Patrick Kuhn took the overall win, 1443. Uh, which interestingly enough is like you know just inside the top 50 he goes 1443 ladies and he's only inside the top 50 all-time performances how is that crazy to you like that's, that's an, insane. insane yeah that's an insane time and, he, and he's barely inside the top 50 uh miles Raymer, jake liebert keegan smith they, they all sort of ran really well keegan opening up uh, his season his second race of the season um and then owen clemens actually another freshman boys we, we've talked about in, in recent weeks from Cleveland. He actually was running really, really well and kind of locked up at the end, but he had a good showing there. Jesuits boys, number four in the country, obviously counted themselves very well. Every top five under 1538, I believe, um, and they still have a lot of improvement that they can do. I think Brady Mullen showed a lot, you know, right here. I think we have a photo of Brady, number one guy for Jesuit right now at this, at this uh, course. Just a sophomore, there's a lot of potential there. I think they're going to be scary good. Uh, just watch out in the, in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, moving on to the girls, Brentwood uh, defeated Mountain Brook, uh, number 20 Mountain Brook. Now, now Mountain Brook was without Clark Stewart, who was their number two runner at the Alabama State Championships last year. But nevertheless, Brentwood had a, a great showing. Uh, 1821 from Lydia Cromwell, who, who led them. Um, that's a really great performance from the team from Tennessee, and I think we're going to see a lot from them. Reagan Riley won this race in 17-16, beat out Claire Stuggle in the last 100 meters, as I've been told. Uh, Claire kind of locked up as well. Um, Olivia, both you and I saw last year, like, the final 200 meters is just like a melee it's chaos it's like straight it's it like is. a sprint to the finish uh what what do you remember from last year and how do you sort of um you know just describe what what happens in those final moments yeah i must say that when we were at the garmin running lane cross country championships and of course like the athletes are out there on the course so Corey and i are going off of the monitor on the cart cam and all of a sudden you just see this wave of people just like coming up they're hopping all over and it's on a hill like so everyone's able to kind of see the finish line but you just see this wave of people just coming toward the finish line that's when you knew those top runners are about to make that last final turn and coming down that home stretch so it's, it's very exciting to be a part of so we all know Huntsville is Corey's second home so any opportunity of a chance to run on that course I highly recommend it because it's just the atmosphere is amazing it's incredible yeah and I, I do know a couple teams got out there this year just to see what it was like and I heard good reviews from it. Uh, Blake Borden uh, directed this meet from uh, from Huntsville High School. He did a great job. Running lanes coming in December. 
you know, obviously there's another national meet on the calendar between, you know, Nike and running lane. And obviously people have to choose this year. And it's, you know, yeah, we understand like it, it's a decision that you have to make. And there's a lot of fa- factors that, that, that go into that, but running lane, great event course, obviously is really, really fast. So it's, you know, what, what do you want to do? Basically, you got to answer that question yourself. All right, moving forward. What's been the most surprising result or team performance thus far this XC season? I'm going to go to Ashley first here. So when I was looking at this, I was like, okay, who is maybe one of the most surprising individuals and one of the most surprising teams that have caught my eye so far this season? And I want to first talk about a girl from South Lake Carroll, Alexandra Walsh. She is just a junior. Guys, she never went under 18 minutes last year for 5k she was 71st at the texas 6a state meet this year she's run 1705.45 for 5k which is us number 10 and she's run 1735 as well so she's already gone under 18 twice this season and just this past weekend at the woodbridge classic against top names like you know sadie Engelhart. you have other great girls from flower mound cuthbertson she finishes fourth in a 1603 To put that into perspective, too, as well, just this past March, during the outdoor season, she competed at the Texas Distance Festival. She ran 1726 for a 5K on the track. She's already running faster than that for cross-country this year, and so she's definitely one that she has really ramped up this year, and things are clicking for her, and I think she's one to continue watching for throughout the season. Now to my team that has really just... They've had some great additions that I think have really boosted them, and I think they're going to be a team to watch going forward. It has to be the Farragut boys in Tennessee. Why? They've had great early season improvement, and they had, like I said, they have a new addition to the team. Their number three runner, Mateo Tonos, he moved here this year from Canada. So he comes from another country, coming here, and he's been a big addition for that team. Opened up with a 1630, ran 1539 at Southern Showcase. They're led by Trevor Goggin, who went from 15.24 last year now to 15.15. Their number two, Brayden Ebert, ran a 16.04 last year. Now he's running 15.30. They were second to number four, New Orleans Jesuit at the Southern Showcase. And they finished ahead of our number 13 on the Miles Split 50 rankings, Bellin Jesuit of Florida at the Southern Showcase. They already have a 15.41 team average so far this season. So I think they entered the season a little bit under the radar. Like I said, they were on our honorable mention honorable list. Honorable mention. They were yep, on honorable yep. mention. Still, though, I mean, like, I mean, they finished second to Jesuit yep. and beat a, you know, a team right up there, number 13 on our rankings. So I would say that's a little under the radar. Yeah. So, yeah. The performance definitely made the mark there. Yeah. Uh, good picks there. Olivia, what about you? It's funny. Ashley and I are on the same wavelength today. I'm going to talk about a fair guy in a, literally in our next segment, which is totally fine. And I'm kind of on the same train with Ashley when it comes to I want to talk about an individual that really showed improvement. And also, um, I kind of like the team matchups that we're seeing here. So for my individual, I would love to show some appreciation for Haley Harper of Plano East, another athlete from Texas. She had a chance to sit down with our Texas editor, Will Grundy, this past week. This was an individual who played competitive soccer since she was four years old. She has a passion and a love for it. And then eventually it kind of just dwindled down and cross country and track kind of filled that void. So last year she was splitting her time between soccer and running two weeks into the season she clocked a 22-11 for her first 5K ever. And again, this was last year. 
This year, she's a senior. She left the soccer field altogether, and she's redirected her focus into running. Her first 5K of the season, she finished seventh at the in the elite division at the South Lake Carroll Cross Country Invite with a 17.43. So another athlete that Ashley and I have been talking about, just really just shaving off some time here and has really done very well. And then uh, two weekends ago, she finished second at the McKinney Boyd Bronco Stampede, where she clocked a personal best of 17.41.40. So that is my individual that I have seen that has just done great things already this season. But kind of talking about this team aspect, I want to talk about York and Prospect for the girls' side. I'm kind of loving these matchups. We're seeing great matchups on the boys' side. And I think we have some great matchups when it comes to this team. They've competed against each other twice already this season. The first time was at the Lake Park Harvey Bross Invitational two weekends ago, where York won that title with a 1740 and prospect finished second with a 1759 average, and York had a 1740 average. This past weekend, prospect won it by one point, 1740 average to York's 1744. And again, these are two teams already on the mile split 50 rankings, but when you have prospect, who is number 18 on the rankings and York number five, it kind of shake things up already just moving into the weeks ahead. So I think it's going to be exciting to see these teams really go after it. And right now we're, we're one for one. So yeah. someone's got to pull up a rain there soon. I, I love that. And I just want to comment on, on the preseason rankings. I wrote a prospect potential. They had a lot of potential, yes. uh, two seniors, mm-hmm. two juniors and a sophomore, but they do have balance too. All they really have to do is put into motion a year ago, they lost to York by 90 points at the state meet. Now that that margin is is here, so um, really great result. I agree with you. I really would love to see what Prospect does in the future, and York obviously is is going to have more opportunities too. All right, going ahead. I, I mean, my obvious pick is is Harriman. Uh, the guys from from Utah are just a world of a difference with Doug Souls under their tutelage. I mean, let's obviously not give. All the credit to Doug. It's the team that he has that he's developed there. That they've been great, um, and and to win Woodbridge, a really really fast course. Utah has to kind of come down to sea level a little bit to do that. Uh, it's amazing. Um, you, I added up the speed ratings. You know, you know, kind of average them together. One seventy seven team average speed rating wise. I mean, that's really really good for a squad. But here's the interesting thing. All right, Herman's been really great. They won Tippinoga's invite recently too, but it's not a lock that they're going to win this Utah State title. They have Riverton, who's was ranked ahead of them preseason, and they have American Fork that actually is coming off Utah pre-state, looked really good. So Harriman, Riverton, American Fork, all sort of in the same little bucket, and I, I think it's going to be a really awesome battle once you know kind of the postseason comes up, October states. For for Harriman, we'll we'll see what they do. But Doug Soul is doing a tremendous job there. He deserves a lot of credit, and so do those guys. Individual performer, I think that surprised us a lot was Carson Knocker out of the you know the B level race at Woodbridge. He ended up running thirteen forty nine, which is the third fastest time of the night, and not even the sweepstakes race. This kid should have been there. He he is a defending Nebraska state champion from Hardington Cedar Catholic. He clearly has credentials he ran 1458 for 5k last year and if you look at his profile literally it's all it's all ones 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 you know he he doesn't lose his kid is always <laughs> winning so carson knocker at woodbridge uh was a great performance and really kind of stood out for me outside that that uh sweepstakes section okay 
this is gonna be a fun one really look forward to this i know y'all are, are too um which teams have entered into the chat the national rankings chat that is uh, as national rankings come up uh this week let's talk about which teams have made moves upward olivia i'll start with you LOL. So like I said, I talked about Ashley and I are on the same wavelength. I think Tennessee's Burgot needs to be in this conversation once again for this part of the show. So as Ashley has mentioned, they finished second at the Southern Showcase this weekend behind Louisiana's Jesuit and ahead of Bell and Jesuit of Florida and Brentwood as well. So I feel like they have really just, just even watching what they did from the Southern Showcase really solidified that like, hey, we deserve to be in conversation. We're taking down these great teams. We're facing these matchups. We're looking strong. Uh, they also won the Victor Ash Park Fall Classic at the beginning of the month and you know, Trevor Goggin is leading that team. Mateo Tonis, as Ashley mentioned, a great asset to this team already for scoring points. And even just looking at this meet specifically, um, all of them finished within 30 to 45 seconds from their four, first score to their fifth score. So that is less than a minute that all five of the scoring members of this team are crossing a finish line. So I think that's remarkable. And I think that's huge because it's kind of hard and rare to kind of find a team with that much energy to be able to cross that finish line as soon as possible so that's why i have this team from tennessee as a team that needs to be part of the chat when it comes to the miles play okay. 50 rankings <laughs> ashley who's part of your <laughs> chat which boys team's part of your chat well love olivia's pick there but entering the chat i'm gonna add in out in Colorado, I feel like Cherokee Trail has really shown that they're going to be one of these powerhouses this season because they've already beaten a lot of the other big dominant forces in Colorado. Um, you know, it began, they started off their season at the destination two-mile invite in August, and they got a team win over there over Mountain Vista, Cheyenne Mountain, and Niwot. Then they go to the Liberty Bell invite a couple weeks ago and win with 88 points over Valor Christian, Fort Collins, Cheyenne Mountain, um, their number one runner, Hunter Strand, he's been really solid for them. 14.50 per second at Liberty Bell. Right now this season, they have a 15.27 5K team average. I mean, when you're taking down those big names like Valor Christian and all those and Cheyenne Mountain and all those, like that really solidifies them, I think, as someone that deserves to be in this conversation for the Mouse 50 rankings. I also want to talk about, we saw them open this weekend at Woodbridge, or led by Tyrone Gorsey, Crater, Oregon. They made that statement at Woodbridge with a second place team finish there. You have Gorzy, their number two, Tostenson ran 13.57. Those two guys are leading the way. Runners three for, through five for Crater are all under 15 minutes for three miles so far this season. They have a 14.24 three-mile team average. So I feel like expect them to get even better, especially now that you have Gorzy back in the picture. And I think that's also another team that's going to improve throughout the season. One drawback to Crater is the amount of depth in Oregon. Uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of it. So, but, but watch out, watch out for them. <laughs> no, I, hey, hey, absolutely. <laughs> that, that, I'd be, that's the drawback for all of these teams. Yeah. I mean, Cherokee Trail has Valor, as you said, in front of them. Mountain Vista, Crater's got obviously Jesuit and, and Central Catholic yep. and, and Franklin and all these teams. Same with Farragut. They're, you know, Brentwood's, you know, right there in Tennessee. You know, so they all have to sort of beat out these teams that, you know, come in before them, r ranked a little bit higher. But, you know, on, on my side, I agree with the Farragut one. I, you know, I agree with uh, Livia's pick. I agree with yours, Ashley. Um, Harriman, obviously, is a big story. Crater is a big story. Um, St. Anthony's boys uh, of New York. Olivia, you just talked about spread, like having a very small spread, you know, from the first guy to the fifth guy. 
and I just talked to Tim Derry yesterday ahead of the Wingfoot XC Classic where they're going to be at, and he is really, really excited by this this group of guys that clearly has the, the balance uh, together. At PTXC, he said right before the finish line, they were within like seconds of each other, which, you know, at an elite level, a, a small thread can can not only get you win, but the, it can it can win you championships. You know, if you're yeah. in that mid level, right, it's going to you know give you great placement. But if you're running at the elite level, all five guys that that that's championship level. So St. Anthony's mm-hmm. has that potential this year. Austin Vandegrift, actually, I think too, coming off Lucas Lovejoy with Kevin Sanchez leading the way. I think they should be in the conversation here in Texas. I mean, Carroll has kind of been knocked down peg a little bit. Vandegrift, I think kind of came up so I'm, I'm clearly interested to see where they go from here but um they've been good also impressed by the mason boys who are currently ranked and and the carmel boys which look really good to start off the season we're going to move to the girls chat which national teams have entered into the fray when we think about the rankings and olivia i'll start with you again so kicking it off for me for the girls chat, I have South Lake Carroll, who's already on the honorable mention, but again, Woodbridge cross country invitational this past weekend on a very flat and fast course. I think South Lake Carroll had something to say about that. And they took down some really solid teams. Number six on the preseason rankings, that's Cuthbertson. They took down Flower Mound, which was ranked number 10. Arapahoe, which was ranked number four. Mountain View and Newberry Park are also teams on the honorable mention. But as Ashley mentioned, Alexandra Walsh, who's just shown so much improvement over the last season, finished fourth in that race with a 16.03 and has been leading South Lake Carroll uh, to that great finish at Woodbridge. South Lake Carroll, Corey, I think is another team we need to just keep in mind as we move forward for the Gospel at 50 rankings. And then I know Ashley's going to dive into Cherry Creek in a little bit, but Cherry Creek is another team that I think I think all of us are actually kind of surprised about. So I think they also deserve to be in conversation as well. Ashley? say great picks olivia again i feel like we're on the same wavelength here today i love it you know again like you said south lake carroll with alexandra walsh that's one that really stands out to me cherry creek i feel like we've talked about cherry creek already so much on this show this whole season because i think we weren't exactly sure what we were going to see from them this year but when you have a dominant front runner like addison price leading the way that has really elevated them i mean they've taken out arapahoe and all of those big programs in colorado so i think that is something worth mentioning I also think Air Academy out in Colorado is a team to look out for as well. You have a huge, you know, really solid number three there. You got Jordan Banta, 1730 this season. Tessa Walter, 1731. Bethany McCulloch, 1807. They got an 1802 team average. So with those top three runners there, that's really, I feel like, elevated their game in Colorado. Now I also want to go to Utah, which I feel like we've mentioned already a little bit on the show, but the American Fork girls I think are worth mentioning as well. They have the third fastest 5K team score so far this season. They entered the preseason on our honorable mention list. They're led by Avalon Meckham, who's ran 17.25 this season. Then you have Natalia Boltz behind her at 17.55. Their entire top five has ran under 18.40 so far this season for 5K with an 18.07 average they have won three meets in a row they ran they won the uia and invitational the timpanagos meet utah pre-state they're just kind of dominating out there right now in utah and so i think nationally they could be elevated into those rankings as well for sure i agree cherry creek will like 
without a doubt, we are all under understanding that they have moved up. They're from 19, they're going to be in the top 10. Like, no questions asked. Um, the same, South Lake Carroll, I mean, I think there was a conversation of them being in the top 25 to end of the season, but they've clearly proven themselves in the first couple of weeks. Agree there. And then American Fork, I also agree there. I, I think they've been very good uh, under Tito Mostar, and they've, they've just been running well. I mean, we mentioned Hillier Davidson already on the show, four straight wins, big win at MSU. The Brentwood girls, I think they're in the conversation now at least. Whether they get on the top 25 or not, they're on the cusp. Um, Morgantown, I think, is a team 23 to enter the preseason. Morgantown has, has already picked up a big win to start. Uh, so I think Morgantown, you know, has, has clearly kind of shown some stuff too. And then one last one, um, shout out to Tully Runners on this one, but I was looking at his ratings recently over the last couple of weeks. Los Altos's girls, 16-17 average at the Lowell invite on September 10th. Um, they all combined team-wide for a 117 speed rating average, which I think puts you sort of lower range of, of the top 25. They're definitely in the conversation um, you know, like like Brentwood, whether they get on or not, I think they're right there, and they if they keep performing well in California, that they'll have a shot. So uh, that's a good one from Tully. So shout out to him. All right, it, it is so weeks ago we we talked about September twenty third. This was the week of all weeks, right? It's going to be a bonanza. Yes. And now we're here. We're we're ready to go. Ashley's headed to Texas on Thursday. We're in Texas, but heading to Denton in on, on Thursday. I'm going to Atlanta. So we got a lot to cover. Uh, before we get to Winkfoot and Texas Miles, but we're going to go over some of the other events like Rodriac, Carlisle, Bob Furman, uh, Bowden, and Oatlands. Um, let's start there first. What, what do we have in front of us? Ashley, I'll start with you first. So looking at all, I mean, wow, what an action-packed weekend. I don't know about y'all, but I'm really, really excited. Um Looking at some of these meets, so like you mentioned, you've got the Marquis Roy Gruyack meet. There's some fast guys and gals out there in Minnesota. You got, you know, Noah Brecker, Abby Nikonicki, and I'm really curious to see who's going to come out on top there. Last time out last year, you do have a defending champ who could be returning, Sam Scott, who was on our honorable mentions list for a mile split 15. He ran 15.49 last year for the win, so I'll be curious to see how that goes. Bob Furman. Um, I talked to earlier this season Jane Hendegren of Tim Few. She's a sophomore out there, and she's going to be competing there this weekend. And so I think she'll be one to look out for. She's one of the top sophomores so far this year. She's run 17.46 for 5K, 17.10 for 3 miles. So I'll be curious to see what she does out there. But I think the meet maybe I'm most excited for, outside of the, the Texas Mile Split Invitational that I'm going to be going to, is going to be this battle at Bowdoin between Bowden. Bowden, excuse me. Yeah. Um, between number fifteen Union Catholic of New Jersey, then you got number seven Christian Brothers Academy, and then two of our honorable mentions, Corning and Haddonfield Memorial on the boys' side for the team for the team results. And so that I mean that's like a huge marquee matchup there. Especially I'm curious to see what Union Catholic is going to be doing because we are going to be seeing them making their season debut, including. On our list at number 22 for the bo individual boys is Jimmy Wachusen. He's one of the top returning juniors in the country this year. And so I'll be very, very interested to see how that shapes out out there. Yeah, what are, what are our thoughts here? I think uh, Union Catholic UC had CBA's number toward the end of, tail end of last year. You know, mm -hmm. Union Catholic or CBA's in front of them to start. Olivia, you got any thoughts here? You got any predictions? 
It's going to be interesting. That is for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. I really don't know because it's just like uh, – I feel like it's just going to – you know, it's just going to come down to the wire. But, you know, Union Catholic is just – has that history, you know? Like I really they, think they're going to really surprise us. They yeah. both – I mean they, they both have history, right? CBA, uh, mm-hmm. long tenure, right? They, they, they are yeah. an, an incredible program. They – they train out of the uh, the horse barn. Have you have you seen this? The horse barn they train out of, it's amazing. It's like this. I don't think so. No horse no. round. It's like a track, but it's like it's it's amazing. Look it up. It's amazing. Great story behind it. But uh, they they have a really good history too, and they're I mean they come back with a lot of returners. So I really believe in CBA this year. It's just a matter of you know once they get down on, on that course to get to the line, you got to make it happen. So I think this is one of the first chances for them to do it at at Bowdoin. Really interested there. Uh, Olivia, I mean, I think you want to get into GRIAC a little bit too. What are your thoughts on GRIAC? Yes, I had a chance to talk with YZ's Abby Nikonicki earlier last weekend. And Abby Nikonicki, as we have seen, has just really blasted to this season. She was injured last year. And she looks really strong after the two back-to-back weekend wins from the St. Olaf High School Showcase and the Eden Prairie Metro Invitational. Now, Abby ran a 1708 at the St. Olaf in a 1717 last weekend, which was her second fastest performance in her career for 5K. What she looks forward to when it comes to the Roy Griak is there are a lot of people that come from out of state. So she's not just competing against the Midwest and teams from Minnesota. So, And she has not raced on this course since she was a freshman. And the last time she competed at the Roy Griak, she finished fourth with an 18-13. But when I had a chance to chat with her last week, I just want to quote her real quick. The biggest thing is to run my own race. From a team standpoint, we don't need to do anything special or anything out there out of the ordinary. If we all just do our job, we will come up on top. And for me, I will continue to have fun and embrace opportunity to race again. So she remembers last year she was barely able to walk. So to be able to lace up her spikes one more time and just take it one race at a time, she's excited to do that. YZ is also a team on the Mile Split 50 rankings that we are keeping our eyes out for. But I think it gets a little interesting now because Cherry Creek is actually entered into this race. So we're going to see Addison Price versus Abby Nekineki in this gold race. Addison Price, as Ashley mentioned, ran a 16.53 for the 5K at the Liberty Bell Invitational. But also in this mix, we have Allie Bambridge, Sydney Dravlow, Peyton No, and so many other entries when it comes to this specific section. So if you're ready to see things shake up, the Roy Griak is going to have some amazing competition, and it's going to be an opportunity for a lot of these athletes to really get after it and just compete. I want to briefly talk about the Bob Furman meet as well. Can, can we, we can we stick really... on can we stick on Roy Griak? Yeah, real let's quick? stick on uh, because that's that's the biggest meet I, I think outside the other ones. Can we throw up that picture of, of Roy Griak real quick? I mean, I, before Olivia, before I went to Huntsville like every year for the last like couple of years, Roy Griak was my spot. <laughs> I, I, I love this place. Uh, Les Bolstead is amazing in the fall. Minneapolis is amazing at the fall, and Roy Griak itself is just such a great meet. You look at that, that's a college picture, I, I think, but it's, you know, these fields, they're like 300, 400 large in the high school. So you, you hear coaches talk a lot about these races. If you don't get out fast, you get sucked in, and then you don't have an opportunity to, to, to run the race that you came to run. So it's really important in these kinds of races to really set yourself out from the front, which it's interesting because you say uh, neck and Nicky, Bainbridge is a really talented runner. I think she could win. Yes. Uh, no, no mm-hmm. was like 
among the tops in Iowa. So it's really anybody's game to win. But really, that team race is going to be speculative because it's it's hard to predict where these teams will go in fields like this. If you don't run a certain way, you're you're set back. But I mean, I, I think. Rory Grick is a great place to really learn a lot about yourself and about your team, and it's going to show a lot. If we go to Minnesota Miles, but real quick, uh, our editor out at Minnesota, Ryan Katarjevi. Sorry, Ryan, I messed up your name. He did the the virtual meet recently on his site, and he has uh, essentially the team virtual meet. He has Wyzetta on the boys' side winning over Dallin Catholic. What are you? Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Because, I mean, you have Jackson that and Heidish there. Yeah, that yeah. would be... Hmm, okay. And then Cherry Creek over Wyzetta in the girls' meet. Does that pretty much make sense there? Do you feel like that's sort of a good prediction? I feel like that's fair, especially mm. as we've already talked about Cherry Creek. You know, you've got Addison Price, and then, you know, you go down the line, and it's very consistent there for them. And I think that, that would make sense to me. What about you, Olivia? I don't know. That huh. one... That's a question mark for me. And I think it's still, here's the thing, because it's just like Cherry Creek has been showing race after race that they're definitely in the midst of this conversation. And, you know, Wyzetta just, I feel like with the return of Abby Nekineke just like raises the bar for this team. I don't know. Like, and I feel like Wyzetta kind of has an advantage to this because they go to this meet every, you know, every year. They know the course. You know what I mean? So Cherry Creek, Cherry Creek as has Corey mentioned, been here before Back in 2018, I believe they were here. So I mean, they maybe not the kids that are on the team now were there, but I mean, historically they have been to Rigrick. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm gonna pick Wyzetta over Cherry Creek. That's that's my that's my final pick. So Ashley okay. and I are flopped. Corey, what are your thoughts? Uh, Cherry Creek or Wyzetta? That's that's interesting. You're bu- you're buying the Wyzetta stock. I, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I think. Well, I, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you based on what I just said. It's like if you don't understand how you need to run, you will you will not you will not come out uh, on top here. But I I feel like coaches, if they know what they're getting into, they're they're already they're, in the practices leading up to this. They're pretty much leading their kids through some type of run throughs that it's like we're we're working mm-hmm. on this specifically to get out at Greac. So I think a lot of teams are working on this. I'm going to pick Cherry Creek just because I think talent typically wins o- over the day, but I, I could clearly see I, I could see why Zeta. We'll find I'm out saying. in a couple days. Yeah, that's right. The uh, the boys race just FYI too. I mean, besides Heidish, you have Elliot MacArthur. He's my boy, Elliot. Shout out to you, uh, Noah Brecker, uh, McKay, Micah Blumker, uh, Che Clay Shively, um, Sam Scott, as you said, Nick Gillis. It's going to be a talented race. So. Really oh, yeah, good, for sure. Really mm-hmm. good stuff to see. All right, all right. Sorry, you you were going on to Berman before I interrupted you. Ber- Bob. Yes, okay. <laughs> just an athlete I want to give a highlight to. I was like, where am I? <laughs> um, one athlete I want to just give some kudos to that I'm just keeping my eyes out for from this meet is Jane Hendergren from Tim View out in Utah. She won the pre-region eight meet. She's your champion there with the 1746 for 5K. And Ashley wrote an incredible feature on her on Mile Split. So if you have not had a chance to check that out, I highly encourage you to do that. Talks about the love for the sport, her family, um, who's just been so supportive, and just the history behind the Hedegrins. So definitely check it out on Mile Split. 
Absolutely. Good stuff there. We already talked about Bowdoin, CBA, and Union Catholic. A really good matchup there. Corning, you, you know, they're, they're, in, they're in the mix, too. So let's not forget about them. In Carlisle, in Pennsylvania, LaSalle College, one of the Pennsylvania's top teams, is going to compete at the Carlisle Invitational. At Furman, we also have great Oak Boys, Vista Marietta Boys, and and uh, Corner Canyon, Utah Boys are going to be at Furman, too. So uh, that is the site of the Team Southwest region. So it could be a preview for a lot of those teams, you know, prior to nationals. So much like Southern Showcase is a preview of running lane, this is a preview of, of a potential regional race, too. All right, let's move ahead to the Wingfoot XE Classic hosted by the Atlanta Track Club. It's held at Sam Smith Park in Cartersville, Georgia. Under the lights on Friday for the elite races, and then on sun- Saturday we're going to have all the varsity races, plus a lot of middle school and, and sub-varsity races. So it's going to be really fun because it's going to be live on Milesplit. We'll have tons of coverage, fixtures, interviews, and more. But I, I, I'm excited because this is a huge meet. Over 3,300 athletes are set to be there. Olivia, I'll go to you first. What are some of your thoughts heading into this big meet in Atlanta? Corey, before I kick it off, I know you went to this meet last year and you're going to be returning again this year. So would you mind just giving us like a quick overview of what to kind of expect from this course for maybe those athletes that just haven't been to Wingfoot yet? So I I went to the Wingfoot Track Classic uh, in Marietta, but I have not been to Cartersville yet. I uh, I know I have an understanding of it. It's basically a looped course. It's um, it's wide open in a field. You have a little bit of, of uh, true cross country in the middle there with some hay bales that you have to navigate through. So it's really fun. Um, you know, on on Friday night, as it's going to be under the lights, it's it's just going to have like this electric atmosphere. They, they the Atlanta Track Club has you know a PA kind of announcing the race as is. Um, as we look at the video from last year, it just it, it it spurs some pretty frenetic finishes. I mean, a year ago, Joe Sapone of Episcopal Holy Innocence uh, in, in Georgia came back from nowhere to win the the boys elite race uh, in the final steps. So, and then look look at the sides here with the the fans. It's, it's reminiscent of of running lane. It's really great. But um, overall, I just think it's just sort of true cross country. I'm really looking forward to it. So incredible. Yeah, great finish there. And I was actually just going to dive into a little bit more about Joseph Hone as we just saw him cross that finish line. He is your defending champion and he is in the entry list. So can he defend this title? He won it in a 1529 and he's also your Georgia state champion. And again, continued to excel at the national level at the national championships for running lane where he finished fifth overall. However, there is someone from Auburn, Maxwell Harding, who could potentially challenge Joe here. He clocked a 15.22 for 5K already this season. But Joe Sapone, as we saw just on, on the screen here, he will sneak up there and grab that victory. So I think it's going to be an interesting race for this boys' side to see Joe Sapone against the rest of the field, including Maxwell Harding, who will also be in that race. Another thing I want to highlight as well are the Brentwood girls. They look very solid, have some great performances already underneath their belt from last weekend at the Southern Showcase. They won the team title there, and it's a very young team. They only have one senior that's been scoring. That's Lola Baker, but their team is actually led by sophomore Lydia Cromwell, who we talked about earlier on the show. So it's going to be great to kind of see the Brentwood girls get after it and see what they do. And the boys' race is going to be exciting as well. Ashley. 
like Olivia mentioned, Joseph Pone, he is your defending champ. But the race also features another defending champ on the girls' side. Ruby Little won the race last year. She's from Maris. She won in 1808 last year. She will be returning this year. So the real storyline, I think, is will there be not one champion defend their title, but two? I think that'll be really cool to see. Um, however, I feel like in the girls' side, it could be a bit of a tighter race because you're going to have Little. You also have Samantha McGarity of Harrison. She finished third last year. You also have Carmel Jonas from South Forsyth, Forsyth, excuse me. So I think that could be the girls race in particular. I'm curious to see if, you know, if Little's going to get pushed in this race, even though she, you know, her and McGarity are both very familiar with this course, who is going to come out on top? I'll be curious to see. Yeah. If I had to guess, I mean, I'm looking at the entries. It looks like Little is the favorite. But, you know, I agree. A yep. lot of a lot of times, though, some runners can really sneak up on you. The ones you don't know of, you know, it's still early in the season. Yep. Maybe somehow are coming out of the woodwork that want to get started, for, you know, initially. So I could see something maybe surprising happening in, in the girls' race. I think in the boys, I wouldn't. I love Joe Sapone. He did our our training block for us. Uh, as you said, he's the one A private champion from Georgia last year. Uh, he's good, but it, you know, anytime you like let the last 50 meters of a race like try to win the last 50 is like you know sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't so like, i don't know it, it's gonna be a really tough race because you have st anthony's is coming from new york you have brentwood's boys that are really good too they're coming from tennessee and i just think overall the talent level is much higher this year even from last year it's 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 a better race overall in the varsity section so it's going to be i think I, I couldn't predict who wins. I mean, obviously, Sapone ran really well. Um, I think he's going to be in there, but it's going to be fun. Uh, St. Anthony's in particular, when I talked to Deary, he said part of the reason for going here is he wanted his guys to experience sort of that nature of traveling, um, not sleeping in your bed, you know, the previous night going into a race, having a little bit different perception of, of going into uh, an event like this. So he's, he wants to teach them maybe some different – characteristics uh, especially considering they have some high goals not only at states but beyond that so this is a good test race for them and he really thinks they're going to you know show some some of their best stuff over the weekend brentwood's going to be there though too um and then and then looking at brentwood they're they're led by Brody chapman um i think they have a really good pack and um it could be good vestovia hills one other mention here on the boys side they have a really strong top three uh, but I think they're still searching a little bit for their fourth and their fifth, so um, we can, we'll see what happens there. But it's going to be fun. We'll have all the coverage on milesplit.com. All right, our national meet of the week is the Texas Mile Split Invitational in Denton. Texas Ashley will be there on hand. Ashley, break it down for us. What's going to happen here? What, what, are we, what are we looking for? Yeah, so excited to be going out there. I'll be out there with our Texas Mile Split crew, getting photos, articles, videos, you name it. You can check it all out on milesplit.com. There's over 1,500 athletes entered, 75 total teams. It'll be held at South Lakes Park in Denton, Texas. From my understanding, I've never been out to the course. My understanding, it's a pretty fast mode grass course. So we, it'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, what kind of times, what kind of performances are we going to, are we going to see some teams to watch so we got some in-state teams that are going to be really good you got the georgetown girls um, led by Mackenzie bailey who enters as your as the top athlete in the girls race they also have a solid two and three in denny decker and ava seekman um you know i think they could be a team to watch on the team side you know obviously bailey enters as the front runner for the individual 
out of state though, on the boys' side, you're gonna have the top team in Arkansas competing at this race. You're gonna have the Fayetteville boys. They're gonna bring their whole varsity squad out here. They're led by Hudson Betts. He's run 15:36 so far this season for 5K. He's the defending Arkansas 6A state champion in cross country. They have a 16:04 team average so far this season. So I think that is going to be another storyline to watch at this meet. Heck yeah! Yeah, Hudson Woo. Betts, Arkansas. I, I like it. Um, <laughs> and he ran 909 last year at yeah. running lane for 32, 409 for 1600 meters. Um, he's legit. Yeah, he's legit. Mm-hmm. He's going to be there. A little bit more on, on Bailey and, and Georgetown in particular. I was looking at their team, 14th best average in Texas right now. Um, they are behind Lucas Lovejoy, Bernie Champion, Colleyville, Dallas Highland Park, Canyon Randall, all, all teams that are in 5A in front of them at the state level. But Georgetown didn't get the states last year, so need, they need to get past regions, and I think they they have a better team in place now that will get them there. Uh, but I, I think you know there's still some room for growth there, and I think this is a great opportunity for them to really work on what they need to and and, and really to, to keep improving. So Georgetown, I, I agree, there is going to be an interesting look. Olivia, any thoughts here on Texas Mileswood Invitational? Yes, I'm excited to see what Mackenzie Bailey does. We keep talking about Georgetown here, and rightfully so. Mackenzie Bailey has just been doing remarkable things, and I think she's going to lead the pack here. She goes in with a 17-17 season best, which she ran at the feast meet. But what's interesting to me is Flower Mound here, they don't have the Humphrey sisters. So I'm curious to see. I feel like this is a great opportunity for all the individuals that are going to be lining up at this meet to really push the limits in other areas. They're probably training and working on some things here. So I think it's exciting to see what they can do without the Humphrey sisters kind of leading the way here. And I think it's a great opportunity for the other athletes and runners on this team to kind of step up and really challenge themselves here. So that's just kind of my thoughts on the girls' side going into the Texas Mouse Split Invitational. Can we talk about that? What what allows, like, when a team doesn't have their top two runners and they're working in the next five in their lineup, what, what does a coach want to look for in that team from those next five girls what what can it tell them about their season or what what can they work on when they have the next five up um olivia or, or ashley whoever wants to kind of get into that i mean honestly when i, I look at that oh, go ahead ashley sorry uh, no go ahead know, ashley <laughs> i feel like you know when you're in that position of you know you're kind of you know in that five to seven range or you know one of those girls that you, you want to see that improvement. Like, this is their chance to go out there and prove that they're worthy of that varsity spot and they can um, – they're going to fight to the end even when they don't have your top girls leading the way. I think as a coach, that's what I'm looking for if I were a coach. Um, you know, someone that's going to go out there and take advantage of that opportunity to almost make a name for themselves and really push the limits. Anything else? Olivia. Yeah, I, I love Ashley's points there. I, I also have to kind of agree with her too. I'm, if I was a coach, I would look to see which athletes are going to step up to the plate, which athletes going to take control, maybe take a risk. And essentially, like this isn't the state finals, this isn't nationals. Denton Geyer, you know, this is a huge me across the board when it comes to the state of Texas. So I want to see what my athletes can do when my top two runners aren't there to kind of pull in the team, right? I want to see who's going to step up to the plate, who's going to be able to close those gaps, work together as a team, and Who's just going to push all the way through? Yeah. So that's what I would look for in that situation. Putting putting girls in a different position than they normally are. So that three's got to run like a one now. That four has to run like a yes. two. 
So that I feel like it also changed the mentality yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like your third runner is now okay. I have to lead this team essentially right. because one and two weren't here. So kind of puts more weight on the other team shoulders a little bit, which I think oh, is good at sometimes. Yeah. Ultimately, down the stretch of the season, though, that experience I think lends itself to those championship environments. So um, really good tool, I think, when you kind of you know take out the first two or the first three and let the next you know group kind of come in and and develop Niwat did that this past week too so um not surprised there it'll be fun texas mile split invitational all the coverage on mile split ashley if you want to say hello to her get please a t- do. please t- do get a tiktok with her you know <laughs> yes, she loves yes. tiktoks <laughs> see i'm i'm closer in age to a lot of you high schoolers out there than you may think and so i'm all in the social media trends i'm like you know olivia and Corey here so I'm, I'm close. I'm close. What, what are you talking about? I'm close to the rate. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. That has been our show September 20th here on the line. It's been fun. Always glad to be with you ladies. Um, we're going to have a fun weekend. Stay tuned for all the coverage of milesplit.com, and we will see you next week. See you later.